Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It is Shelby and a friend today, my, my dearest, dearest Oh, soul sister, Megan Rattan, who's going to be joining us today. And uh, if it's not already very clear, and very, very evident that I'm super stoked to have this conversation, to have one of our most precious clients on the podcast with us this morning. Um, I'm just so excited to share her with all of you. Uh, before I get too into the mushy gushies here, I want to tell you all about Megan. I want to give you the official bio because uh, it's pretty good. I know that you've you spent a long time curating this bio and it really lands. Um, but Megan Rattan, she is a board certified nurse coach. She specializes in life and embodiment coaching. She reconnects ambitious, high-achieving women to balance and fulfillment at the soul level. Blending holistic practices with somatic psychology, neuroscience, energetics, spirituality, she supports her clients in healing, growth, and expansion. Um, After hearing that, you might be like, oh, well, of course Shelby loves you. Like this is, (laughs) these are all of the things that have been supportive to to Shelby. Um, And I'm so excited because when uh, Megan messaged me about her idea for the podcast today, it was all things subconscious, it, like subconscious programming, all things like how do we manage the unknown and like kind of like these bigger esoteric concepts. And our hope here today is to kind of like tap into some unknown with risk of sounding cheesy, but to to really explore and then bring it in and land the plane for you guys. I'm like, okay, we're going to teach you some things. We're going to talk about some things, but then what do you do next? And um, if you've ever been around Megan in person or even online, you can just sense of like a deep rooted and grounded and centeredness about her. And I know you're going to love her just as much as I do. So welcome, Megan. I'm so stoked that you are here. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. That's such a loving and lovely intro, and I can feel the energy all the way over here. So thank you yeah. so much. Oh, I thought it so would excited. be 
in the spirit of all things nurse coaching and dropping in, I thought it would be yummy to do a mini little breathing practice. And you've probably heard of it. Your clients have probably heard of it. People on the call have probably heard of it, but it's called the physiological sigh. And I love it. It's a really yummy one. It's one we can go to at any time during the day. And what I loved about it when I first heard about it is that in our bodies, I guess we sigh once every five minutes. Like we sigh really frequently to regulate ourselves constantly, which is quite interesting. (laughs) So we're going to bring it into practice in real time today. Um, I thought we could do three of them. And so in a physiological side, what we do is we take a really big deep breath and then we take a small sip of air at the top, which pops open all our little alveoli and helps the CO2 and oxygen exchange, which helps calm our stress and our nervous system. And then we sigh it out. And so I thought we could do that three times together and those listening to the podcast can join us if they'd like. Does that sound good? Mm, Yeah, so good. So I'm assuming too that like the sigh is like a bit dramatic too on the release. It's just like... It is. Yeah, it can be. What's funny is when I've done my meditations on my recordings, I'm making like the biggest, most energetic, loud sigh on my end and it cuts me off in a second on my mic. So if that happens on our podcast... Please know I am doing an elongated sigh. It's just the mic is done. The mic's done with me. (laughs) The mic's like, this, this, this calibration is too much, too much energy for me to take in. Um, One of us, one of us will shine through, I bet, on the exhale. It'll be covered. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Okay. So we're going to take a really big deep breath in through our nose. Sip of air at the top. And then sigh it out. Uh, and then another big deep breath in through the nose. Sip of air at the top. And audible sigh out. And last one. Big deep inhale. Sip of air at the top. And exhale. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Good shit. Right. There. Right. That was great. We have officially landed. Thank you. Yeah. So I reached out to you to do this podcast because I thought it would be really yummy to speak into all things magic of our business and our healing and how we hold ourselves and navigate within the dark unknown and the discomfort. Because I think it's such a huge, huge part of, one, the healing we provide for our clients, but also the healing we provide for ourselves as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. We we talk about this journey a lot of like the the healing aspects of entrepreneurship and the wild roller coaster like Laura and I are very transparent of business will be the hardest thing that you've ever <laughs> done because it just tests you on such a deep and soul level um but I'm hoping to on this podcast in particular of just like per- shine some more light on like potentially why it's so challenging why why it's so big and hard to hold and um yeah, maybe maybe paint a picture in a way that we haven't before on like what is there what is there to hold through it to do about it to be with. Um, it's a tall order for the podcast, Meg, but I believe I believe in <laughs> us. <laughs> we will be talking for the next thirty six hours, everyone. Yeah, grab a snack. Here we go. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, super stoked, super stoked. Okay, so maybe maybe let's just like crack it open with like the the big one, right? The unknown. And I think maybe mentioning here again that nurses are really really conditioned in particular to like no right? When you're working in the mm-hmm. hospital, when you're working in the clinic, you need to know what the F is going on all of the time. And here in entrepreneur land, we kind of are chasing this endless unknown forever. Like there's no spoiler. There's kind of no arrival point. And, and, and you might get like many plateaus where you're like, oh, I have it all figured out. But then like there's always, there's always more unknown. And as coaches and healers, I think we're forever in pursuit of or alongside just like swimming in the unknown constantly. Um, so I'm curious of on your perspective and your take on it. Yeah, I think it's wildly true. I think what it is in my personal experience is that it's all representative of like the next level of healing that needs to be done. Like what doesn't feel inherently worthy How do I not feel inherently enough or deserving of X, Y, and Z, which usually falls under love and belonging? I think it's that. And I think that in my mind, we're designed to heal. As long as we're in the breathing realm, we're healing. So we are designed to heal until we take our last breaths. And healing is hard. Healing is difficult. Um, There is so much unknown in the healing. And I think what happens too is, especially in entrepreneurship, in taking this leap, for a lot of us leaving systems that were designed to have it all kind of laid out for us to then take this. I One thing I want to play with too is the word leap because for so long I called it a leap. But even then I thought, well, I'm cheating. I'm looking where I'm going. I'm kind of, you know, it's like I took a leap off a cliff. I'm like, this is not a leap. This is a full trust fall. This is me crossing my arms, closing my eyes and falling backwards. I don't get to cheat and look at what's coming. I have to trust and surrender. But I think what happens too is we go through such grand expansions. So by even leaning into nurse coaching, by creating a private practice, by choosing entrepreneurship, and then even for the clients that we serve, it's a big expansion that's happening. And I think post-expansion, there's a contraction. I think that there's, there's a little rebound effect that happens. And there was this brilliant book I read years ago. Um, during the pandemic, and it was about grief and and healing. And she talked about how expansions and contractions are in all forms of biology, all forms of chemistry. Stars are doing it. <laughs> Cells are doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to give birth to a child. The contraction yeah. leads to the expansion. The expansion leads to the contraction. It's like a cycle within itself. Mm. It, So I say that in the sense of finding not only grace and compassion when we're feeling these feelings, but also reminding ourselves that we're not here forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) I want to like not skip over that quickly because even, even hearing you say it, it's like I find more space to just like exhale again. Yeah. I, I, Recently, we have been through um, a kind of a cycle of this, of expanding and contraction. And even our mentor last night, we were on a call with him and he was like, it kind of feels like the whole, it's all burning down around you. Mm -hmm. And I want to acknowledge that, but it's normal. That's necessary. It's it's, uh, fueling the next stage, the next chapter. 
And these are all things that I know. I've been through this big inhale, big exhale enough times. But when you're in it, oh my God, it feels so like you're lost. Like it's so dysregulating. It's it's like someone turned off all the lights and you're trying to find, um, you know, your most precious resources in the dark. Like it, it really is disorienting. I'm even like speaking to myself right now. It's like, how can we remind ourselves that it's all temporary, you know, that it that you're not here forever? Right, right. We're not here forever. And I think of it in the terms of, um, I told one of my first clients this metaphor because she loves exercise and all things working out. And mm-hmm. I use the analogy of a plank. I'm like, no one's stoked to get down into a plank. We'll do it. But no one's really excited to go do a plank. And then heaven forbid someone says you're going to hold it for a minute or two minutes. And what it's meant to do beyond building the strength is it's meant to remind you that you're not here forever. So what can you do? You can breathe. You can chill out Mm -hmm. and you can breathe and accept this moment and rise to it and just be in it, like be in the discomfort. And I think that too gives so much room and grace for it that we aren't here forever. So what can we do? Mm -hmm. We can settle down and stop trying to control it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the 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 cosmic joke of like there's not really actually anything to do, so maybe just chill out. Like maybe go for a walk and take a deep breath, and be in a constant reminder of like that that you're in transition, even if it feels like you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because I I have now recognized my own seasons and cycles, and we'll see what happens this January. But usually in years past, January is an emotional physical, spiritual hangover for me. And it's because of all things post-holidays. It's that contraction post-expansion. And this last January, in owning and honoring that, I was actually kind of excited about it. I knew I had these darker moods. I had these deeper feelings. I was really self-aware on what I was offering myself as far as resourcing. But in it, it was almost that deeper level of compassion and grace where I knew there was something yummy on the other side of this. Like sometimes when we're going through the hell, it's reminding ourselves like, there's an opportunity here at the end of this and I'm going to rise and up level because I think that that's what's happening is we have... Like when after we've up leveled, we've kind of played around in the new playground. It's been great. Then we reach a plateau. And so, of course, there's another hill to climb. There's another dark cave to go through. It's all part of it. It just means that we're ready for the next level of healing where it's we're we're ready to look at what's here. Mm-hmm. So I think for so much of it for me was the parts that are there during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're you're alluding to something really important that I want to highlight here too is um this sense of trust, right? Like you've been aware and aware long enough, right? To be like, "Ooh, January historically she's a rough she's a rough time for me." Yes. And then like then then we're able to like put on, you know, the new new perspective glasses, but I'm curious, Megan, like how if there's a way to make it like linear for a second, how long did it take you to develop that awareness so that you could have the trust just with this as an example? I think it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to articulate it in that sense, I guess. I think it's that I look at it this way, that trust is a muscle that we need to keep working. Mm, It's, it's constant, right? Like let's, we'll just call it a trust muscle. So 
trust is also something that <laughs> I love that you want something linear for me. And like, I just can't. I know. I can't do it. It, it was specifically <laughs> worded. It was, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, I can continuously speak in metaphors and all, all these other things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it took, it took time to really, to really see it. And I think that the, the trust piece is just reminding myself that the brain is always seeking evidence. And so trying to find evidence in loving real ways, whether <laughs> real or imagined, like sometimes I even call them pings or winks from the universe, where for me, my my spiritual guidance is always blue herons. And so I'll even do like a spiritual ask of it'd be great if I could start seeing some more blue herons. And more often than not, within the next week or couple weeks, I have a spotting of one. And and I think finding those sometimes can be really helpful too, because it isn't letting me know the answer to anything. It didn't solve anything. <laughs> it's just giving me that wink of like, you're you're good girl. I see you. You're good. You're doing the thing. Yeah, the blue heron didn't arrive on your doorstep and give you a <laughs> scroll and be like, here is the next 10 steps for your plan. It just uh, unfortunately doesn't work <laughs> that way. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I'm sure that this is a common metaphor, but I had a coach once uh, articulate to me that like I was complaining <laughs> to him that I felt like I was relearning a lesson that I thought I had learned like three times, you know, of like, and, and he gave me the visual of like, okay, you're standing in the middle of a spinny vortex and the lesson, like you learn it at that level and then it spins out and is bigger. And then you learn it again and then it comes back around and it kind of gets, keep getting just, you know, you're going to keep going around and around and around with it until you don't anymore, but it doesn't necessarily mean that anything is wrong that you're learning this lesson again. It doesn't mean uh, that you didn't get it all the first time. It's just like the nature of healing in layers and just one layer deeper, one one smidgen of awareness more. Uh, but I think that since I'm, geez, that must've been like a seven or eight year lesson that I was in the middle of, right? And I think that mm-hmm. for for me in particular, I will do literally anything someone tells me to do if it's like temporary discomfort for the promise of forever figuring it out right like I can do anything for a short blip of time if I know that on the other side that it's handled and I never have to do it again and that is just so not how inner healing or inner work is you know Mm -hmm. it's like you you get squeezed through a door and you're like wow that was hard and then you like see the door again and you're like motherfucker I just went through the door and here here it is here it is again but just you know trusting that each squeeze is on purpose right it's preparing you and that I couldn't go through the entire squeeze the first time you know it would have been too much it would have caused me to like crack um and I think that that can be helpful especially as our coaches are um, you know, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are like within year one to three of, of mm-hmm. their, their own journey of you're never, the point is not to have it all figured out. The point is just to trust that you are going to be handed the lessons that are, that are here for you right now. And that like the, the next lessons will come, the next lessons will come when you're ready. Um, but it's forever. It's literally forever unknown. Always. Right, right. I think too, 
it's interesting because I think also we have to kind of catch up energetically to the lessons themselves too and to the healing. So I think really yeah. after a lot of has happened, sometimes there's that reverberation post. And I think of it too in a way that I'm sure all of our little nursey brains would love is post-op. Nobody's going to be sprinting out of the hospital right after they got had mm. you know some intense surgery happen. And I think what happens for us is we want that spiritual bypass. We want the bypass to the healing. <laughs> yeah. We want to jump across to the end, yeah. but it takes it takes time. So if you you're speaking to a patient that had a C-section, that's layers upon layers of surgical repair that needs to be healed. Yeah. And I think that if we can offer ourselves that amount of grace too, of knowing that we are self-healing organisms. We are brilliant organisms. We are meant and made for healing. So trusting that, but also knowing that it takes time and the kind of healing that we want to do, the reason why it goes deeper, why it gets a little darker is because we're trying to rise. Like we're really trying to shift our being yeah. into our dream life, our dream vision. We, we, we want to go big. And so in order to do that, the shadow sides are necessary to look at. The darker parts are necessary to look at. And so I would look at it more in the, it's funny because I'm an extreme optimist. So <laughs> full disclosure in that, but I have such empowered optimism about this because I felt it, I've done it, I've seen it. And it's just so yummy on the other side of that healing. Mm. Yeah. 100%. I, Oh, the, the question that's coming up for me right now is like during, for, we'll just call it the post-op period, right? Or, or like the, the, the integration part to where you've kind yeah. of been like pulled apart and things are coming back together. Um, what do you recommend is like most helpful in those moments? Uh, I hear you saying time, like that it takes yeah. time. Time is a right. big piece. Um, maybe, maybe even the point here, but is there anything else that you found helpful just over your many, many iterations of this? Yeah, I think self-resourcing, so the ways we resource ourselves are really helpful. Um, I think that finding more time for sacred stillness and slowing down when we can, whether it's through meditation or prayer, movement is beautiful. And movement doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to go do CrossFit. Like movement can be that you're doing <laughs> gentle yoga, you're stretching, you're going on a walk, going outside. Time outside in nature can can really soothe our nervous system. It also mm -hmm. reminds us of our place in nature, the season. Like right now, we are heading into winter, which is a time of dormancy. It's darker out. It's meant for hibernation. It's meant for rest and retreat. So the more that we can get outside during that time, it can also remind ourselves that we are of nature and it is normal to slow down. Um. I think also having a reflective practice is really key. So for me, I'm in the height of all things review 2023. And I've been looking through my tests and my triggers, my expansion and my growth, my challenges, my wins. And honestly, Shelby, I went through my whole calendar. I started in January and <laughs> just looked through it because gosh, a lot has happened. And I wrote down things that were highly triggering and activating for me, really big tests and things that were amazing, expansive moments and wins. And then I went through and wrote down what the themes were for me. So I could kind of see what was my growth edge? Like what was my area of growth this year? And it's helping me 
become more aligned and what do I want to enter 2024? Like what's my lens for 2024 knowing that that's, that was my growth last year. So I really think taking the time to reflect on where you are, like what led up to this dark period? What, what is, what are all the things that you went through to get here and to really kind of take the time to acknowledge all the work that went into where you are? Mm-hmm. I can hear people being like, "Ooh, yeah, that sounds so wonderful. Like that, that sounds like um, necessary, right? To give ourselves credit for both the challenging moments and the wins. Um, I can also, I can also see some of our, some of our crew here, some of our community being like, dang, it is so hard for me to give myself credit for anything you know like Mm -hmm. maybe this year was about being in survival mode and simply getting from point a to point b or um you know i really wanted to be able to quit my job and it just wasn't time yet like maybe i had a goal and i wasn't able to to achieve it um a little bit of like the the perfectionist black and white thinking and so i'm curious Mm -hmm. of like where where's some more space there for for, for folks to land and just like true appreciation, kind of like if you hit the goal or not, or hit the, hit the mark or not. Yeah. 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 There's so much to be said for that. And I too, as a recovering perfectionist, love to live on the magical Island of, and then, (laughs) and then I'll be, and then I'll have, right? Like so much is happening on this magical Island of, and then I think there's two things I want to share with that. And the first is when I was studying for the nurse coach exam and fluttered in all of the literature, wondering if I'm enough, wondering what my next steps are. The The person that was leading um, the studying had us do an exercise, which is really yummy, where she has you start at one point in your house, the hallway's the best spot, and you envision the first moment you ever heard of nurse coaching, like when it first came to mind, Mm. where were you in that moment? And then you start to take steps forward with, okay, then the time that you said yes to taking a course, the times that you were showing up within this course, the time you had your first pro bono client, the time Mm. that you first ever decided to pivot into entrepreneurship. So you're going to go through the whole the whole gamut up until you make it to where you think you are today. And then you look behind you and you acknowledge how far you've come. Because I think that we're forward thinkers. We're also designed that way. We walk forward. (laughs) We're always looking forward, literally and figuratively. So it's hard to remember that we've come so far, that we're not behind, that we have come so far. And so I think taking in a practice to acknowledge how far you have come, even if you haven't met what you thought you wanted to meet. Mm. I think the other piece that I would say is, and it's going to sound really cheesy, but it's also really yummy and it works, but possibly even writing a love letter to yourself. So maybe your 2023 year in reflection is a love letter to yourself that you write and you reflect on all the ways that you're proud of yourself, all the ways that you did show up, all the things that you did that were scary, like yeah. almost in the sense of that you would for a child, like just owning and honoring. Because I think there's that, that as 
my maladaptive behavior is high in relenting standards. So to this day, I'm waiting for my gold star <laughs> to come in the mail. So if anybody wants to send it, I'm waiting. But <laughs> I had this moment with dear friends recently where I wanted to share with them how proud I was of them because I don't think we hear that enough. And it's something that I know I'm constantly seeking. And it's part of my inner healing and work is trying to not lean into so much external validation. But I also think it is really important that we hear that people are proud of us and that we celebrate ourselves, that we're proud of ourselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that even lends to like, even if it doesn't feel completely true yet, that like practice saying that you're proud of yourself, right? Like practice Practice right now saying, like, I'm, I'm proud of you for all of your effort for even trying. Like, be because I think that whenever we get on, um, if we are only bringing in external, external <laughs> sources, right, then, then there's nowhere for it to land in our system. You know, we kind of haven't like paved the way yet for, for there to be a place to be in our heart to hear it. Um, and, Yes, it's cheesy and yes, it's cliche, but like it's cliche for a reason. You know, it works. <laughs> it, it, it works. The the whole self-love, self, um, to be able to give yourself a compliment, like that goes a long way in the, especially in the entrepreneur life where not, not all effort is measured in a smart goal. You know, like it, it can get a little frilly and fluffy out here. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that plays into what we know of neuroplasticity, right? That mm. what fires together, wires together. And so I think that when we are doing those practices, whether we want to call it appreciative inquiry or whatever we want to label it, so we you know, can be our armchair experts, the <laughs> truth is that we have had so much explicit and implicit conditioning and programming from early childhood on that has been wired throughout our entire life. And then when you talk about the layers and levels of healing like you did before, it's because we are constantly looking for opportunities to reparent or reprogram and, and heal those wounds that probably happened between zero to seven, maybe 10, maybe 14, that we kept repeating. So I think that the more that we can tap into you know, we wanted to talk about subconscious and conscious, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like theta waves, theta waves are super, super, super yummy. That's where we're in our dream, our dream state. And that's where a lot of subconscious and conscious starts to communicate. So to access theta waves, we can access them through once again, meditation and prayer. We can access them with, um, binaural beats. Have you heard of binaural beats before? Yeah. They're pretty amazing. Yeah. Like once I went down the rabbit hole with those, <laughs> everything changed. I love binaural beats. And then it was interesting because I was looking up theta waves, other ways that we get in them, which makes sense to me now because I feel like I get a lot of my intuitive pings and insights and downloads when I'm outside gardening. But when we're doing repetitive motions like weeding, painting, when we're driving that same route home, right? You don't remember stopping mm. at the stop sign. You don't remember making the turn we are in uh, oftentimes accessing different parts of the theta wave state. And that's where we can start to kind of play with what we want to rewire, what we want to tune into, right? Like leaning more into our intuition and our inner guidance versus the external. Yeah. Oh, 
there are so many wonderful things that you just said. And like, I'm having a big, like (laughs) kind of like aha moment of like trending my own, my own tendency to have like big ideas or when things, or, or like when the, the, the dots get connected of like, Oh, that's why I do this weird thing. Or that's why I feel this way around a certain person. You know, like whenever the dots start to connect, it's usually like when I'm chopping vegetables for dinner Mm -hmm. or I'm in the shower or, um, just doing something otherwise mindless, you know, that, that the, it, it, it feels spontaneous, but I'm like, Oh, well, of course, of course it's not spontaneous. Of course, of course there's a reason, uh, behind it. And, um, I'm wondering too, for those who may be a little less familiar with like subconscious work and um, just being curious about that, uh, like we're throwing out some big words like reprogramming, rewiring, and you know subconscious programming, and maybe maybe we can give the the homies at home <laughs> a little more framework for what we're talking about here and how it potentially relates to to like your business and with coaching as well, because I think that. In the, in the world of coaching, you have probably heard um, about triggers and, you know, people being triggering, your clients being triggering, your coworker being triggering, um, and how these, this is also a big, a big topic, but how they kind of overlap here. So maybe we begin with like subconscious, the subconscious, V yeah. with a capital T. Um, I would love to hear it in, in your, your words, Meg. Yeah, yeah, like one subconscious one hundred and one in my words. Um, yeah. I would speak into it in this way that all of us, every human being on this planet, has gone through experiences, has gone through programming or conditioning. So these are your lived experiences, things that you have noticed, things you have seen, big T, little T traumas. Um, the way you witnessed your parents, your friends, relationships, um, how your nervous system was affected by this, how you learned to be in the world, were all these conditioned patterns that you were a part of. Um, we come into the world whole and essentially ourselves and Nobody means to do this, but over time, those those parts of who we are tend to kind of get chipped away or silenced, and it creates a lens and a frame in which we operate and navigate the the world, and that's all on a subconscious level. We're not really thinking about how we're showing up or why somebody's triggering it. It just happens. Um, so when I joked about my maladaptive behavior. It's a, it's a true thing. Like my maladaptive behaviors that I picked up is high unrelenting standards. And, and so that in and of itself is an unconscious wiring that was created when I was young. It's, um, I have, I'm a perfectionist. I merit things based on achievement. Um, a lot of my love and belonging is based on achievement and actions versus mm-hmm. the inherent values of who I am as a being. Um, and it's to no fault of my parents or to those around me. It just kind of is what it is. And so we all we all have this. And so the more we can lean into understanding what's going on on a subconscious level, the more powerfully we can show up as entrepreneurs because talk about a vulnerability exercise. I mean, Mm. this is Mm -hmm. the deepest vulnerability exercise I have ever done. I have done 
therapy for years. I have been on a seeker's path for years with meditation and mindfulness, but stepping into entrepreneurship in the way that we are, it isn't like we're selling peanut butter, like we are selling (laughs) really deep, deep stuff. And because we speak into the language of, I can only take my clients as far as I've gone myself. What that means is it's, it's the healing. Like when I show up and say, what it is my quote unquote niches, when I maybe make a social media post, when I reach out to somebody to offer coaching, that is directly in relation to these old threads that are attached to the subconscious and Mm -hmm. the frame in which I existed as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully stated. And I would love to offer an example that I've seen before with a client that had a really long time ago. And I think a lot of the your subconscious programming, the unconscious programming feeds into being seen, heard enough, worthy, like these like core foundational beliefs. And who did you have to be to be loved? Who did you have to be to feel worthy? Who did you have to be? Uh, maybe to not be too much using air quotes mm-hmm. there. Um, all these things, but a, a really like great example is I had a client once and you guys are all familiar by now with the coming out posts. We, we kind of, it's m- maybe one of the one things that I'm going to force you to do no matter what, as your coach, you don't get an option. We're going to do it. Uh, but I had a client before who wrote this beautiful coming out post and was like breaking out in actual hives on the call, mm-hmm. like c- full sweat. But she was like, I'm pan- like, why am I so freaked out right now? Like this isn't intellectually, this is not that big of a deal. But we were able to to peel back the layers and and be slow and just be very, very curious. And um, turns out that she has never she has never felt safe to be any version or even close to her authentic self. And this post was really authentic is maybe the most authentic she's ever been before. And so the idea of like putting that out there for her family and friends to see was very dysregulating for her. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine that, and this is why I think having a coach is so like necessary in the world of entrepreneurship. But um, had I just been like, just do it anyway, just post it anyway, just, just keep like whatever, whatever that is. I'm not, I don't, I don't have the awareness to tend to it. Just post it anyway. It's not that big of a deal. Um, that doesn't really tend to the root cause <laughs> uh, of anything, right? Rather, and and instead, we got to be curious about that trigger and kind of follow the thread of like, okay, where does this go? And how how can we love on on the little version of you so that you do feel a little safer and a little bit more comfort before hitting post on that thing? But you can you can see how that just like could potentially ripple effect into your whole business and maybe even stop your business before it even gets started. Right, right. And I'm so glad you spoke into that because safety is such a big key to the whole thing. It's it's yeah. our nervous systems like when we when we do show up in these really bold ways um how do we do it in a way where we can feel like we're still in our bodies? How can we still feel grounded and safe while we're while we're doing it right because i don't think we ever get over necessarily the scary parts of 
exposure, I think is just part of it. I, I've done vocal performance. I've done talks. I, I love putting myself out there. And every time I work myself up and can be very exhausted about an hour before I'm about to go <laughs> on because my nervous system's gone through everything, right? It's fight, yeah. flight, freeze, spawn. And by the time the thing happens, I'm already exhausted and ready for bed. But mm-hmm. it's leaning into what we can to feel safe and feel grounded. And I love that you you brought that up because I think it is really important that community and having a mentor, having a coach, like we are not meant to heal in silos. We are not meant to be bold in silos. We are not meant to hold dreams and visions on our own. It's really important to have a community, to have a coach, to have somebody that can speak that language with you, to be the vision holder, and also to help hold the candle while we go into the dark together. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's something that you say kind of frequently in, in our group space that we, we're in to where you're like, I did something freaking terrifying today, but I felt, I felt all of your hands like energetically behind me, like holding me mm-hmm. up. And it's such a beautiful visual. Like whenever people come to me and they're like, I just want to, I only want to do one-on-one coaching forever. And I'm like, oh, but have you experienced like the pure magic of a group space, like a really high quality group space, because as humans, we're designed to co-regulate you. If you are freaking out, it's really helpful to be able to call one of your friends in the group and borrow their nervous system for a few moments while you, while you bring it down a couple of notches, if you're about to do something really scary or really bold. And, um, gosh, it's just like, we are designed this way. It's not because we're broken or weak or wrong. It's just like, this is what we've been gifted. This is how we we're supposed to move through the world. And it's together. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Um, I think that we could probably like talk about subconscious programming and how to like how to follow the threads and like what to look out for. And maybe that's an, that's an episode for a later time. Cause I think that is so important. Um, but I kind of want to help people land somewhere Meg of like, okay, so we have the unknown. I'm building my muscle of trust. Um, it's turns out it's not a leap. I'm just falling into the dark abyss and I'm hoping that it all works out in the end. Oh, and also subconscious triggers. Perfect. Love this. This is wonderful. Um, you can see, you can see why we really truly believe that like entrepreneurship is just the, and, and to be fair team, like some of, I know I'm like laughing and smiling as I talk about this. Some of this is really gnarly. Like some of this is really ugly. We call it shadow work for a reason. Like anger is very much welcome in this process. Like there's, there's, um, it's all giggly and fun until you like look at yourself really close in the mirror and you're like, Ooh, that's, that's pretty icky. That's, that's, that's that's pretty dark. And, um, I know that Megan holds really epic space in her own containers for all of it, the full range of all of the things. Um, I know it cause I've, I've watched you, <laughs> I've watched you do it and it's really, really, really cool. Um, but I'm kind of help me out here. Like, okay, someone's listening to this and then what are some, what are some things, what are some potential like action steps or self-care that we can, gift people with. I'm like, all right, what now? 
Right, right. I think keeping it simple is always key. And I'm not going to get into smart goals by any means. But to go back to my January time that I referenced, every January, my goals, quote unquote, and agenda is to take a sauna, to do some light yoga, and to meditate. And that's it. I say no to most social invites and calendars that month. Like, it's allowing myself the grace to be in that darker mood, but to also be held. So I'm not going to hide under a weighted blanket every day and binge watch Netflix, although those days are okay too, right? It's like, what are some simple things that I can offer to myself every day while I am in this, while I am healing, while I'm recovering, while I'm in the, in the unknown. And I think that the meditation piece, the prayer piece, once again, like leaning into the trust muscle is really yummy. Perhaps maybe even doing flow writing. I love flow writing. Um, some people have referred to morning pages. Flow writing is where you either think of a topic or not. You could even start writing with saying, I have no idea what I'm writing. What am I writing? Why am I writing? You don't punctuate. You don't edit. You don't mm. fix your grammar. You just go and you set a timer and you write for as long as the timer's going. 10 minutes is a great place to start. But when I do that, I notice that partway through my handwriting completely changes and that's when I've accessed something deeper. Mm. And I think that this is also how we we hold ourselves. So it's finding ways that are yummy to you to hold yourself while you're in in that period. And as we've spoken to, community matters. So finding mm. community as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's the things that you can do during that time, knowing that it does take time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think um, <laughs> whenever whenever I get told of like, Shelby, just give yourself some more time. It like makes me want to kick a bag of rocks, you know, like I'm just like, yeah, of course. It's so simple. You know, like why didn't my brain automatically default? Um to, to more time. And I think that it's, gosh, time is your most precious resource. And even if you give yourself, whether, whether it's like a long weekend, if that's available for you, if it's 30 minutes before you fall asleep, if it's three years that you need to just like be in this healing process, there's no correct timeline. And, and like really epic things happen when you give yourself time. Like there's, there's all of this other, it's not just like one or the other, the, that black and white tendency to, to, to categorize things. But like there's, um, I find that often when we, we take time to slow down and be with that, um, it opens up like energetic space for, for the next creative idea or the next fuel drop in the fuel tank, you know, it, it it's a necessary part of the process and there's no way to bypass it unless you want to drive your car straight over to the land of burnout. And we've all, we're all pretty familiar with, with that town over there, you know, where we are all, we all know it exists. Um, oh, okay. Well, anything feel loose for you on the, on the tail end of it here? Megan, anything anything you want to add to wrap us up? Yeah, I think the only things I would add is one, I love that you talk about the black and white thinking. And one thing I tell my clients is, is 
it's we're constantly shifting, right? So it isn't just one day you wake up and you're like, I'm out of it. It's now today. <laughs> it's as if we took a paintbrush, we dipped it in paint and we, you know, painted across a wall. It's that gradient. Like it's constantly, we're constantly in motion. We're constantly healing. Um, to pivot back to what is something we can do while we're in that, I think an invitation of a practice of taking a moment one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and asking yourself, if no one needed me today, if there were no expectations on what I was, who I was, how I was showing up, what I needed to do or be, what is something I need today? Mm. And you listen. And then the answer is, okay, in what small form, how can I offer myself that? Even if it's just one percent, yeah. <sighs> yes, my I can I even like saw my black and white thinking, like all in, all out mentality, like immediately jumped to be like, I need seven years of a break, like I need I need an extended sabbatical, and then I, I was like, uh, that's no. Uh, I probably would take like seven days and start to get antsy, but like, how, how can we even just the 1% that is such a beautiful, even somatic practice of like, okay, you're, you're needing a break. What, what does a break on a much smaller scale? Is that available to you today? That would, it's yeah. so helpful. Um, and bonus, so achievable as well. <laughs> most of the time. Um, because I don't know a single person who's taken a seven year break, if I'm being honest, you know, like, I don't know how really truly available that is, but I even, I, I, I wanted to, to highlight that. Cause I, even now, even with like awareness around all of this stuff that we've talked around today, I can notice my brain, like going to my own programming mm -hmm. of just default mode after default mode after default mode and how uh, I'm still in the middle of like untangling all of the wires here, you know, just like what served me before. Okay. Not anymore. Can I put a new wire here? And you know, it's like a lifelong, a lifelong process, not to be said in an overwhelming way, but it's a, it's a lifelong process. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So all right. Team. Well, let us know if you want to hear me and Megan talk about deeper subconscious work. Um, we could record any conversation I bet we have in the future and just put it on the podcast. <laughs> um, we are going to put all of Megan's stuff in the description below. So if you want to find her and contact her, please do. Uh, she's one of our most favorite people on the planet. And I'm so glad that we got to share you with everybody today um you're a very very special human megan rattan and mm -hmm. it's just so fun to have you in our in our bubble like what a gift and honor it is has been to support you over over the past few years it's something mm -hmm. that lights me up to my deepest core hmm. the feeling is so mutual my friend thank you for having me it's been so great to talk with you yeah. All right, team. Mm, well, thanks everybody for being here today with us and um, come join us in the Facebook group. If you guys want to find Megan, she hangs out there too. And um, we will see you same time, same place next week. Toodles. Bye. Bye.